Welcome to Patriots Unpacked. On this episode, we'll break down Super Bowl 55, Tom Brady in his seventh Super Bowl title, this one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll bring on guests Hilly, Muggsy, and first-time guest Jeff Gagnon, checking in from uh, Southern California. I'll just share a quick point or two on the game because I'd like to break it down in more detail with my guests. But obviously the Bucks' uh, dominant performance, the defense was incredible, excellent game plan. Brady was efficient, did what he needed to do, protected the ball. Uh, Bucks defense just took advantage of the injured offensive line and had Mahomes running. Chiefs just couldn't uh, adapt and and adjust and and make any changes that uh, would get them into the end zone. So the Bucks defense kept them out of the end zone, and it was uh, quite a victory for Brady, Gronk, and the Buccaneers. So uh, bittersweet watching watching them accept that trophy there. Wish they were uh, in a Patriots uniform doing it uh, for the Patriots. But nonetheless, it was nice to see. Happy for Brady happy for Gronk. So we'll talk more with our guests here. And uh, my first guest is Jeff Gagden, good uh, old time friend from uh, back home, known him for many, many years, lives out in the San Diego area now. So interesting to get his take on things. I know he keeps up to date uh, on the Patriots and all Boston sports. So he's going to share his opinions and thoughts and uh, looking forward to it. So let's dial him up. Jeff Gagnon. Brian Casey. <laughs> Great to have you on Patriots Unpacked. Uh, is all well out in uh, the greater San Diego area? Yes. Uh, you know, in greater San Diego where we have no football team, I'm happy to uh, <laughs> talk about all things Patriots and even all things Buccaneers. <laughs> nice. Well, we're certainly going to do that. So let's let's get to it. All so right. tell me, what were you thinking on Sunday night? As you sat on your couch, grasping in one hand your Tom Brady doll, and in your other <laughs> and in your other hand your Gronk doll, tell me, tell me, Jeff, what were you thinking as Tom Brady is holding up the Lombardi Trophy, wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey? Go. I was so I was with some friends the whole night that kept saying. Congrats, Jeff. You must be happy. Congrats. One of them was a Giants fan, so we knew he was bitter. And uh, and and I, I kept saying, this isn't good. I'm not happy about this. I don't like watching Brady and Gronk uh, break records for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brian. This is not a good thing. I was I was actually I mean, I I had a friend text me halfway through the game and he said, uh, you know, this is basically like watching like your 20 year long term girlfriend relationship, um, you know, get engaged with another <laughs> with <laughs> with somebody else. And there's a part of you that's like, oh, all right, well, I'm really happy that you're happy. And the, and the rest of you is like, nope, this is not good. It was it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I mean, Brady's Brady's one of us. Right. And uh, Gronk's one of us. So it was hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the 20 years that he was with the Patriots and ultimately we would have liked to see him finish 
with the Patriots and wish that, you know, he was wearing a Patriots uniform up there. And yeah, definitely, definitely hear that and have those feelings in the, in the same sense. I'm, I'm also happy for him too. You know, I, I don't think you, you, uh, you have to be in some way. I mean, for all that he's brought to the Patriots organization, to the Patriots fans, I mean, um, it's bittersweet. I guess that's all you can kind of say, right? It's just, you know, you wish he was still with the Patriots, but uh, you're happy for him. And, um, you know, it's just, just an amazing accomplishment. It's an incredible accomplishment. I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I was really happy for him. I'm, I'm happy for the both of them. Uh, and I, I would, I was, you know, I, I know people that were rooting against them uh, for different reasons, even Patriots fans, like, uh, not wanting them to succeed with another team, not wanting them to have that kind of Super Bowl ring with another team. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't understand people that would wish anything bad on, on Brady after everything he brought uh, the new England area for the last 20 years. I mean, we we've been, we've been living in the Renaissance of, of uh, Boston sports. It's like having Michelangelo and Raphael and, I mean, it's not, it's like having all of them and, and Brady and Brady being the top, uh, I, I guess, of all of them. And so it's really, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about the guy um, and what he brought to the brought, brought to the fan base. So I was happy for him. I thought it was cool. I mean, and, and Brian, what about like, just have you seen all the all of the stuff that's come out in the last day or so about like just all of his all of the records, all the achievements like. I mean, all of the stats. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's just crazy. I think I was listening today. You know, they break if you broke up his career into actually not yes. two but three, yes, three segments. There's three Hall of Fame careers. In yes, one. it's just <laughs> remarkable. You know, I mean the uh, the excellence in the you know, it's just crazy. And I I heard that today. Um, I don't know what show it was, but yeah, it's just, just amazing. And the fact that, you know, talking recently about uh, Breeze and, and Rogers, you know, making yes. it to one, one NFC or one Super Bowl or one NFC title. And Brady's already done that in one year in the NFC. So you can just go on and on and on with, uh, with the accolades, but give me a, give me a few thoughts on, on the game itself. I mean, it was a pretty dominant performance by the Bucks. You know, you probably want to talk, Bucks defense first before you even get to Brady but tell me tell me what you were thinking watching that game yeah I was thinking so I was thinking that I I needed to ask you I mean is this the Bucks defense that you saw all year because they seem to go to another level and I think their defensive coordinator deserved a lot of credit um, for whatever game plan that was dialed up I mean one of the things I read was that the game plan was something uh, that he hadn't really tried much of. And so there wasn't a lot of film on the kind of defense that he showed. He basically just, I think, blitzed four or five times and had his his front four just go after Mahomes, and it worked. Uh, I mean, Mahomes was running all night long, wasn't he? Right, right. And, and part of that, obviously, was his offensive line and the injuries, and the, the line was just... Yeah, they were just pretty terrible. Bad. But yeah, the Bucks defense just, you know, they they kind of just built up, I think, throughout the year to this game, you know, to say that uh, they were dominant all year uh, would be, you know, not true. And like you said, 
Bowles was Bowles was more of a blitzer, and he he would rather blitz guys and, and go that route. But they dialed it back, like you said, and you know they just rushed four. But I think it's just one of those things where you know they worked uh, worked things through the whole year, and they just came yeah. with their best performance uh, during the playoffs, and especially in the Super Bowl. So you know it's just one of those things where everything came came together. Uh, you know, the defense was just, you know, outstanding. Again, the Chiefs line. Um, yeah, it was, was they terrible. were really bad. Yeah. You, I, I heard I heard this um, stat that I thought was pretty amazing. I don't have a lot to compare it to, but I'll tell you I'll tell you what it is. It's that Mahomes ran for 497 <laughs> yards behind the behind the line of scrimmage last night. Did you have you I seen saw that? that and I, I think I, I saw a tweet of it. And at first I thought it was a joke. I didn't. Yeah. Think, and I saw it like on a legitimate website that that was real and he was certainly running backwards and side to side but i don't think i put the number at what 400 plus yards i don't i don't know who was measuring that but but that was uh yeah i mean he i, I think some his two best throws were incomplete passes where he just barely got him off or he was you know about to hit the ground and he's tossing the ball uh to the end zone but just you know, add on the fact that, you know, it's coming out here that that toe injury was probably a little bit more significant than than what he would let let on to. And, you know, he was hobbling, you know, probably in the second quarter and just uh, just really made uh, made him look average. Uh, the yeah. This defense. So, you know, his receivers and, and, and Kelsey, they had a, a tough time getting open all game. Uh, they had a few drops, but they just. They just didn't seem to be able to do much. They had a hard time converting third downs. And I mean, when I look, when I look at uh, it's not how I expected the game to go. What I, one of the things I said to somebody before the game was I thought that Brady would play a good game, but that, that Tampa would be out coached hmm. and, yeah. and that, you know, that Reed's experience from last year and his staff's experience would, would carry them through and so I thought it was going to be a situation. I was actually, I thought, actually thought it would be interesting, Brian, if, if Brady had a good game, but the Bucks lost a close game, and then you'd hear people in New England the next day saying, "See, he can't win the big game without Belichick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? you know, I've never been, I've never been a big fan of Arian, so I, I was, I was a little skeptical there too, if, if he was gonna, you know, do something that that would cost them the game, but. Uh, but really, that whole coaching staff, yeah, they outcoached yeah. uh, Reed and the Chiefs, you know, from Bowles and, and Leftwich and uh, Arians. They, you know, they let Brady do, uh, you know, do what was comfortable for him. And it really wasn't a lot. You know, he, after right. the first half, he didn't really, he didn't really need to do much. And, you know, the most important thing and the reason they got Brady to begin with is he protected the ball, zero turnovers. Yeah. I mean, that, that is what, uh, cost them last year with Winston uh, under center and Brady uh, is exactly what they needed in to protect the ball and to, you know, utilize those weapons that they had on offense. So yeah, it just, it was just a culmination of, you know, there was, it was kind of ups and downs throughout the year and um, getting on the same page. But once they hit their stride there, you know, they had kind of a weak schedule at the end of the year. So they run off, you know, four or five in a row and just got some momentum going. Yeah. They got healthy at the end as well. You know, Vita yeah. Bay came in uh, on the D line 
uh, in the playoffs there. And, and to go through, to go through uh, Breeze, uh, Rodgers, yes. and Mahomes, you know, yes, that was the, the gauntlet. Just, just, you know, it doesn't get any tougher than that. And for them to go through that, you just got to tip your cap to them. Yeah, they, I mean, it was, it was um, like watching, watching the Bucks uh, on Sunday night was probably, I was like the experience of, of what it would be like to, to have not been a Patriots fan in the last 20 years and then watch the Patriots and a lot of these like championship and Super Bowl games where they don't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. They make the plays they need to make. And then when, when, you know, and when things are close, you, you make a play that you need to make. And that was the only thing that was really different about this was that the game, they, they made huge plays in the second quarter, put the, put some distance between them and the chiefs and the chiefs really didn't have an answer. The chiefs started yelling at each other. They mm-hmm. became really undisciplined. Um, but I had that feeling of like, okay, so this is what it's like to watch the Patriots <laughs> and watch, watch Tom Brady. It's like, he yeah. just, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. He keeps the game simple. He keeps the game in front of him mm-hmm. and uh, lets the other team implode, uh, you know, takes advantage of whatever mistakes they give you. I mean, uh, you know, that whole sequence at the end of the second quarter was ridiculous, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that. I was going to kind of get your thoughts on if you thought, yeah, that was, you know, I can see in a way, you know, Reed wanting to, to get the ball back, but it just backfired, obviously. Did you, oh. did you think that the Chiefs, after the first half going, you know, coming out the second half, do you think, did you think they had a chance to come back? Well, I, I, I did because I, I sort of thought that, and I, I guess I'm like the rest of America that thought, okay, well, Mahomes will put on a cape at some point and he will start making plays and they'll open things up and they'll, 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 they'll start, you know, either a two minute offense. So they'll just start moving the ball and they'll, they'll find their rhythm and, it'll, you know, like they'll score and it'll be a closer game and then it'll, it'll get tighter and get interesting. And that's what I, that's what I fully expected to happen. So when, when Tampa came out and made it, what, 28 to, was it 28 to six mm-hmm. after halftime uh, on that long run by Fournette where Gronk had that nice block and it was like, okay, yeah, this game's over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you realize the Chiefs, I think at that point, the end of the second quarter became even more important for like how it unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of talk on, on that clock management there and and calling the time timeouts. And, you know, once Brady got those penalties there and got them close. And I mean, the the penalties, I think they were a little bit excessive there. The Evans one, you got to call that one. The other one in the end zone. I mean, no one's catching that ball, you know, so Um, right. But at the end of the day, I don't think, you know, the penalties, they weren't the, the Chiefs weren't beating the Bucks, uh on that night, uh, regardless of, of some of those ticky tacky calls there. So. Yeah, I mean, if 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 this were circa like 2004, 2005, you know, that was the that was Ty Law and the Patriots defense back there like shutting down Peyton Manning and Mm -hmm. picking him off five times with the way they were grabbing those receivers. But like, it doesn't, I'm surprised that the chiefs were, were, were willing to try that. And, and, and once the refs started calling it, um, it became clear that they weren't going to get away with it. And they kind of, they kind of kept doing it anyway. 
um, it made him feel like they just weren't quite as prepared as they needed to be for a game like this. Yeah, that was, you know, some of the stuff that I've heard and read too. It's just the preparation just it didn't seem to be there. And it was just, um, they just weren't ready. Uh, they just yeah, weren't it's ready. Yeah, weird, them, right? Know, they just really I... smacked them in the mouth and uh, the, the Chiefs had no answer. So, so can I ask you, why do you think that is? Because, you know, we always expect that the team that's returning is going to be the team that's more composed, more experienced. And, and most of the, most of the Buccaneers are guys that, you know, had, had not, not, not nearly gotten that far. Why? So why do you think that it kind of played out that way and the chiefs came out or, or at least seemed to be unprepared? Does it have something to do with just like how hard it is to, uh, yeah, I think repeat. Yeah. I think that's one thing. It's the difficulty in, in just repeating. It's just hard. Everything has to fall into place. You have to be lucky. Uh, you have yeah. to, and they got unlucky with with the injuries and Mahomes being a little dinged up. Another big thing that I think is the fact that they played uh, the Chiefs earlier in the season, so they they got mm. a feeling for the speed of of Hill and and just what they do. So they uh, it wasn't like they were seeing that for the first time, and I think I think that makes a difference, especially the fact that they lost. Maybe you know they there was some revenge factor there, but I think that you know, playing a team for the second time like that was a huge benefit uh, for the Bucs, you know, not to mention, yeah. you know, when uh, Tyreek Hill's doing back, backflips into the end zone, that uh, that may be uh, coming back to haunt you. And they certainly, <laughs> uh, they certainly let him know that on Sunday night that they didn't forget, <laughs> they didn't forget about that. <clears throat> so, so then the key question is, what do you think, um, Brady was saying uh, when when he and that defensive back Metho were going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you know, we've seen Brady get fired up here and there, but that one that one was pretty uh, pretty intense. There, I don't, I don't. <laughs> he got up, he got up on his grill pretty pretty good there, and and you know, classic Brady. He you know texts him today and apologizes yeah. and all that, but but yeah, I mean, he's he's just such a competitor, and and um, you know, he's. Uh, you know he's not going to back down, especially, especially in the Super. You know what you usually see for Brady with Brady in the Super Bowl is he usually, which he never does, obviously, is usually tucks it and, and runs. You know, once or twice in the Super Bowl, just because it's the last game. You know, and no one expects yeah. him. So you didn't see that. So maybe he's finally gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I'm not <laughs> doing that anymore. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. But he usually. Uh, but even in the, they didn't even sneak them down in the goal line there when they when they got denied. They, uh, I thought they would maybe sneak them in there, but uh, Jones got got turned down and they ended up, uh, you know, giving it up on downs there. But uh, yeah, that you know Brady is just just so competitive and you know he yeah. wasn't he wasn't going to let that team uh, lose. So no, they really took on his identity, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they they had all the all the hallmarks of like a Brady led team and 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 uh and and they resembled the Patriots in all those ways. Like they they got better as the season went along, they got tougher as they got closer to the playoffs, they became like kind of more organized and focused, and then they just became kind of clinical and did what what they had to do uh with each passing playoff game. So yeah, yeah I mean I guess I'm not surprised, but it's still. Uh, I, I I wish he was wearing. Uh, you know, I wish he were wearing blue on on Sunday night, right? Instead of instead of uh, red, orange, and white. Yeah, quick uh, quick side thought here on on yeah on halftime. Now I don't know. 
I don't know what the dance scene is out in San Diego area, but <laughs> but do you do you guys dance with like jock straps on on your head out there, or or was it a diaper or what? Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to digest uh, what I saw there. I mean, I don't know. I'm speechless. You know, it's not it. So there's so many so many things I can say about this, Brian. I mean, first of all, the fact that that the weekend. Uh, you have to spell the weekend without an E and an end is fascinating to me. I love that. Um, I like, I, I, I can't, I can't say I understood the fashion choices, but they were creative. They were, you, you got to bring something super to the, to the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime special. You got to bring something that the people haven't seen before. I mean, you know, you've got to follow Prince. You've got to follow, <laughs> You've got to follow all the Beyonce, all the great acts. Um, oh, so I don't know. I was, so. I think I was yearning for like a Pink Floyd cover band. I think by the time <laughs> that that, that halftime show was over. But you know what? I I taped, I recorded the game, so I'll give it another watch. I'll give it another chance, and maybe maybe it'll uh, you know maybe I'll feel a little bit differently about the about the weekend and don't don't hold your breath on that brian <laughs> but but i think you you really yeah give it another shot but but keep the expectations modest right right <laughs> hey let's talk about um bill belichick in uh, mr mm. robin craft oh what are they thinking right now are they regretting this um you know i think most people probably say belichick doesn't give a shit but uh right. what uh what do you think is going on in their heads right now I mean, how can they not? How how can they not think at this point that that they made a mistake in? And I don't want to say in letting him go, because it seemed to me, and 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 you probably need a whole separate podcast conversation to rehash the this whole saga of of, of why Brady left, but. I would like to at least think that they would be reflective enough about the decisions that were made and the, 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 maybe the egos involved with, with things that allowed it to escalate and get to a point where they could say, you know what, Tom, you know, you want to leave. We're going to let you go. Good luck. Whatever decisions were made to allow it to get to that point have to be something they think about because it, how can you not, how can you not look down at what happened um, this year and then at, and then obviously in the Super Bowl and think like, hey, we shouldn't have let that guy go. We didn't have a backup plan. He should be the quarterback up here. We probably would have had a chance to make a decent run this year. And guess what? If we didn't make a decent run, we'd have a chance to do it next year. Um, I, I don't know how they're I don't know how they could feel anything else at this point, um, except if you know, if we know Belichick, like the way we think we do as fans, um, he probably thinks, you know, I, I can figure out a way to retool without him. And I'm sure that's what he thought, but I have to think they're disappointed. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, more so craft, I'm sure than Belichick because you sure, know, Belichick, sure, that's his true. ego is, he thinks he's, he's going to be able to do it. I think what was frustrating was that, you know, you talk about a plan. It just, he didn't have a plan. Uh, you know, with Brady leaving this year. And right. obviously we right. saw what played out. But, uh, you know, obviously I think Kraft, you know, his relationship with, with Brady is, you know, really close. So uh, I'm sure he wanted to to see Brady finish uh, as a Patriot. 
you know, how successful they would have been these next couple of years, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously their roster this year and, and the skill positions were uh, were just, you know, terrible and at the yeah. bottom of the league. So do I think they could have made the playoffs? You know, I, I certainly do with Brady. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, in general, um, you know, Belichick, like, like I said, he's just going to, you know, get to work and hopefully – retool this and rebuild it and, and get it back because um yeah obviously and i'm not a fan of this whole brady versus belichick yada yada you know they're just they're both goats they're just awesome at, at what they do and i've just i've never gone down that path and i mean players players win games at the end of the day i think if you're a sports fan you know that so i just i don't i don't get into that dialogue really it's just um you know i i they're just both great uh at what they do and and i'll just leave it at that but um tell me this did you think bill i i mean i think yes to this but belichick watched the super bowl didn't he (laughs) (laughs) people say he didn't watch it of course he watched it right he had to watch it i mean what else is he doing fishing (laughs) off the you know six rings uh in nantucket (laughs) Uh, in in midwinter, I don't think so. He's what 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 he's Belichick. He he he's either watching football or lacrosse, right? So, <laughs> right. And I don't um, even know what's I don't know what season lacrosse is in now, and especially with the the pandemic. But I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I think he would have. Well, maybe he had two TVs. He had one with the lacrosse game on, <laughs> and one with the Super Bowl on. I'm sure he has multiple TVs, right? So that's probably what he was doing. He had, yeah, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. I mean, unless he's, you know, unless he had, you know, recorded like the next, uh, you know, his next favorite show on, on, uh, and CBS, uh, or, or maybe he and Linda have a, a Netflix binge watching party (laughs) that they were catching up on. Um, my hunch is no. (laughs) Hey, tell me, well, and I've thought about this over the years and, and people bring it up, but, um, having the Super Bowl on a Saturday. I mean, would that ever happen? I'd like to see it just them try it one time, you know, just just have it one time. Don't commit to it. Just see we'll see how it works because just have it on a Saturday to me, I think just would be cool. It's I feel about the Super Bowl the way I do about Halloween. They should both be on Saturday every year. It makes and it makes so much sense that you know people won't do it like it's just too obvious. But why, why shouldn't – there are so many reasons to put the Super Bowl on a Saturday. Yeah. You know, people traveling, people just – I mean, you want, you want to stay up all night. You want to – I mean, if, if your team wins, all you want to do is watch highlights the rest of the night anyway and keep drinking. So right, what's, exactly. what's Right? I mean, who wants to go to work the next morning? No, no. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. – uh, I don't know. We'll have to bring that to uh... – the powers that be if we ever get <laughs> I don't know I don't think I'd want to talk to Goodell so after Goodell is out of office maybe we could bring that to the next commissioner so uh Super Bowl Super Bowl Saturday hey that sounds that sounds fine to me it's, I mean I'll, I'll live with that it's it's it works perfectly fine we'll all survive the ratings will be just as high what are people doing the Saturday night before they're gonna they're gonna watch it's the Super Bowl exactly exactly so well you get the three out so you 
So the game's at three thirty out there on the West Coast. So that's nice. Yeah. You got you got a little extra time there afterwards. How about those? You like those games? You know the games earlier earlier in the day. Now you've been out in in California. What almost twenty years now? Yeah, it's uh, it's been sixteen years. I okay. came out. I came out August of two thousand four. Uh, just a few months before the Red Sox won the World Series. Um, uh-huh. uh, and you know, I've gotten used to it for sure. I mean, you, you, it's been, it's been great in the, in the sense that in the last 16 years, the Patriots have had a lot of, um, national games. And so you wake up in the morning and the, you know, a lot of times they're on locally at 10 yeah. AM. So, uh, the nice part about it is you get the game, you, you watch the game and you still have the rest of your day in front of you, which, which I think a lot of people out here like, um, but, uh, uh, I, I think it would be hard to go back. I, I think especially like those um, those one o'clock games, it's kind of like, I mean, I've gotten spoiled now because I think it kind of, it, it breaks up the middle of the day. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I live in San Diego. We like to do things with our day, Brian. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm thinking, you know, that that day, when that day comes that, that hopefully I can retire, I'm seriously considering the West Coast so I can, you know, I can watch my games and, and I can watch the late games and they'll be over by, uh, you know, eight o'clock or nine o'clock and I can I can stay awake for them. So, you know, as far as, uh, you know, this is where my where I'm thinking, you know, what I'm considering in, <laughs> in my retirement <laughs> years is, is how much can I watch sports and, and not fall asleep, I guess. But but anyway, um, let's, let's you might uh... you, you might have to retire when you're 95. That's okay, okay. But right. you'll still retire, and you'll still we'll still have you out here in San Diego at that point, Brian. Um, and you know what? You will love the fact that when when the Patriots are on and Brady is is back quarterbacking for the Patriots at that point, that that the game that Monday Night Football ends at 9:30, and you watch the whole game, and you didn't think about how wrecked you were going to be the next morning. It's it's amazing. <laughs> All right, that is something to look forward to, I guarantee. <laughs> All right, so we never we we haven't talked in a while. So give me some thoughts on the, the Patriots 2020 season. Uh, obviously mm. disappointing. Yeah, I, I I know you're you just uh got a little lightheaded there, but uh <laughs> tell me uh tell me what what uh what your thoughts are on uh on their season, their 7 and 9 season. Yeah, I mean it, it. It played out like a like the like a season like, like it took a pandemic to kind of break the Patriots streak. You know, a once a once in every one hundred year pandemic to, to disrupt like their tradition of winning um, and their kind of automatic eleven or twelve win seasons. Um, it was it was disappointing because it just seemed like, they were going to count on on younger players to take bigger roles, either second year guys um, like Harry uh, wide receiver or some of the younger guys they drafted, especially the two tight ends. And so not having a legit off season uh, like, like those, those spring camps after the draft or not having like a legit uh, training camp um, was difficult for them. And they never seemed to really be able to kind of, um, get their offense in stride. Um, their defense started out pretty well and it seemed like they had a pretty good defense. Um, and then, and then they kind of faded too. So, you know, it, it, I mean, the thing that, the thing that I remember saying to a friend of mine, maybe about five or six games in was just how, um, uninteresting they were. Like they just Mm -hmm. weren't an interesting team to watch. They didn't have, 
they didn't they they were they weren't a team that that at least in the first half of the season they weren't making plays they weren't winning games in ways that were interesting they were just a very uninteresting team to watch and that's that was kind of um like a really strange experience after the last you know 20 years or so would you right. think yeah i mean same obviously you know you look at the quarterback position in in Newton and you know i i think he was a gamer and and i i was never a fan of Newton and i was pretty pessimistic uh him coming here but i i was a fan of his during the year i'll be honest with you i yeah um he played hard and his skills have obviously deteriorated he just can't throw the ball but i mean he he gave you know all to the team and to belichick and put himself you know he ran the ball put himself yeah uh, out there so i give him credit there it's just you know unfortunately he just was not effective throwing the ball and obviously that was frustrating you know, again, you mentioned Harry, just his non-development, uh, again, just frustrating, just going oh, back totally. to Belichick not being able to draft a wide receiver at, at all, ever. And that, you know, I mean, he's probably in jeopardy of not even making the team next year. That's how how bad I thought he was. So, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know, winning seven games, maybe with that roster, <laughs> maybe sure. that's, that's a good job that Belichick did. It probably was. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I still watched all the games and I was interested and, um, but obviously, uh, a lot of, a lot of retooling to do here, uh, in the off season. So, so let's talk about the off season and, um, obviously the, the quarterback position, uh, has to be addressed. So what are your thoughts on, on the QB for next season? Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, I listened to uh, your conversations uh, from last week and I think, I think there's definitely some, some guys out on the free, like that are going to be free agents. So there's going to be some, some quarterbacks available and trades that, that, that could be appealing. But at the same time, I, I mean, it, 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 it makes me think like the, the most likely quarterback to end up here next year is Ryan Fitzpatrick from Miami. So that, possible, so that he, possible, yeah. So, you know, right? So he could play for all of the uh, the AFC East teams and 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 check off that last box. It feels to me like Belichick is going to go, um, almost like back to his roots. Remember when he coached the Browns and he picked up Vinny Testaverde? Um, he replaced Bernie Kosar and he picked right, up Vinny right. Testaverde and he and he just kind of and he he wanted a veteran. Um, and I, 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 it's like a, he went, he went with Newton this year as of, I think, thinking that he was going to have a veteran quarterback who could make plays. Um, you know, I, I, I can't see him trusting a young guy. Right. Right. Obviously, you know, it's been a really long time. Um, he 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 was kind of forced to play Garoppolo when Brady was suspended. Oh, by the way, I think it was terrific that that Tampa figured out how to deflate the balls and get away with it. Um, <laughs> I think that was outstanding by them because it, it you know they they were able to figure out how to do that and and not. I mean I, that was impressive to me. Um, I'm I'm saying that because right. I, I I'm so I don't hear glad. anyone I don't hear anyone talking about like how the Bucks cheated or how exactly. Brady cheated. But I guess when you wear the uh, the Patriots uniform, it's just oh some they must have done something uh, 
against the rules. So yeah, it's just you know the haters. It's the haters out there. So oh, they can be and, haters. And 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 the 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 Irish bitterness that I carry in my genes for things like this, um, like makes makes me want to bring this up in every conversation um, that I'm still bitter about Deflategate. Um, <laughs> And, and, and that when I, when I get in the car um, and, and believe it or not, Brian, in San Diego, uh, it gets cold enough in the mornings in the winter where it can get cold enough where I lose a little air in my tires and the, and the, little, and the signal goes on. And I think Tom Brady, Tom Brady, he, he knows what I'm talking oh. about right now. So oh. I, I, I had have to you work spoke, Have you spoken to anyone about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> professionally i mean <laughs> well i i you know listen i mean i come from new england and i live in sunny san diego where everyone's happy but i bring a decent amount of bitterness and uh and and you know i mean cynicism and i just i carry it proudly with me and uh i i look for opportunities to bring it up with people and and I'm proud no, of it. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I was just giving the guy that I work with from Philadelphia a hard time because Philly special was an illegal formation. Okay. That <laughs> wide receiver was way off the line of scrimmage. Look at the replay. Look at the replay. Should have been a flag. Just saying. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. Look at watch the replay. Watch the watch the all twenty two, right? Just that's all I'm saying. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> exactly you know what i'm okay. talking about exactly yeah yeah so tell me how how patient are patriots fans going to be you're saying you know they they bring in ryan fitzpatrick i mean you would think they're going to draft a, a quarterback i mean you're not winning anything with ryan fitzpatrick i mean you'd be maybe competitive but are you are you getting fitzpatrick and then you're drafting someone at 15 are you drafting someone in the middle rounds that that you think might uh, might turn into something. I mean, you know, two, three years of eight and eight, seven and nine, you know, what, you know what I wish it would have been interesting to see, you know, if there were, you know, obviously fans this year at, at Foxborough at Gillette, you know, how much, you know, booing was going on. And, and I would have been interested in that, but I'm just yeah. curious on, on how patient uh, you think. And again, this is, me being greedy, like, okay, yeah, we have a few years after these 20 years, but I'm just, you know, I, I see the fan base, uh, you know, maybe after a few years, obviously, uh, just being uh, not, wouldn't be too happy with, with a, an eight and eight team. So what are your thoughts on that? Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I mean, like we've, we're, we're uh, victims of our own success in a way, like, like you've seen that you've seen Red Sox fans get really apathetic about the team. Um, especially recently, um, and, and almost become uninterested and lose the edge, you know, that kind of edginess of like, we need, we demand, like we demand playoffs, we demand winning and all of this. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see Brian, because, uh, I, I, as long as Belichick's there. And I think that's the big difference right now is that Belichick is still there. Kraft is still there. And there's a lot of familiar faces on the team. I think people will still expect. Um, I think they'll expect them to go back to 11 wins next year, and and that there'll be that kind of optimism and that sense of Bill we trust. I I do. Um, I I think a lot of people will um, maybe talk themselves into the fact that this was just a weird year because obviously it was. Mm -hmm. 
and and kind of an, an aberration and that you know we'll kind of okay this was this was like a mulligan and we'll we'll chalk it up to a weird year and then we'll get back to 11 and 5 and and getting to the AFC championship again and i i mean it'll be interesting to see if they can pull that off and i i think you're mm-hmm. right they're going to need to figure out how to draft a quarterback in the first or second round if there's one there that they like i i thought um a point I heard, and I'm, uh, I think it was Chris Gasper who said it, and he might have been quoting somebody else, that uh, that quarterback is the one position you can't really draft for need because if you mm-hmm. draft a guy you don't really like because you need a quarterback, you're going to be making it. You're going to be drafting another quarterback in a short period of time at a and at, at a draft position that you don't want to keep using up for for mediocre quarterbacks. And there's like how many teams around the league kind of continue to do that? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to make a mistake at quarterback. No, uh, obviously. What do you What are your thoughts on like one of these big money guys like trading for a Wentz or a David Carr? I mean, that's putting a lot of uh, salary cap money into one position where the Patriots have a lot of lot of money this offseason that they could spread around. What if what What's your your thoughts on on a name like that, like Wentz or Carr and um, coming, you know, to the Patriots or, yeah. or maybe just, you know, the possibility there. I, I think Carr, yes. Wentz, no. That was my, mm-hmm. that's my immediate reaction because Carr, uh, when healthy and he's been a lot healthier than Wentz. Um, I, I think, I think Carr in a good system can, can be a really good quarterback. And, and whereas Wentz, I mean, the reports about Wentz this year, I have a really good friend who's also a huge Philly fan. Um, all the infighting, the fact that he doesn't seem to be very coachable, um, doesn't take coaching well, and and be developed a really petty feud with his head coach. I mean, that doesn't sound to me like the kind of guy that you you want to start investing, not only, you know, uh trading for and giving up players or picks for, but then, but then investing uh, your future in. So uh, plus the fact that he, he can't stay healthy. I, I so Wentz, I'm really yeah. down on car car seems intriguing to me. Um, who's the backup to car in. Uh, yeah. Well, Mariota. Mariota. Yeah. That's been, been thrown around too. So it'll be interesting to see what Oakland decides to do there. I, I saw today that, you know, they'd more be apt to trade Mariota uh, and not Carr, but obviously, I think there's there's some teams, I think including the Patriots, that should be interested in in Mariota if they're gonna if they're gonna let him go. I think he's like at ten million dollars, so that's that's definitely a reasonable um, price to pay. And, and yeah. he may, ha- you know, he has some upside that again, the health factor, and he's never been able to stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy, obviously, you know, has some talent both with the arms yeah. and his legs. So that would be an interesting, um, an interesting quarterback to, uh, to bring in. So he, I think he would be a better, I think he would be the, the, the version of what they thought Cam Newton was going to be this year. Mm-hmm. And, and a guy that Josh McDaniels would like to work with, you know, because I think McDaniels um, there's a report that McDaniels liked him, you know, going way back as somebody that he wanted to work with. And, and um, so uh, he had problems with accuracy. So, so after the year we just had, that could be hard. I mean, there were, there were Brian, weren't there times this year that you thought that the Patriots were running the Drake at high school middies football <laughs> offense circa 1991. Hey, you know what, Jeff, we had, come on, we had 12 plays. Okay. <laughs> well, actually we had six plays. It was just one, 
six to the right, six to the left, same play. They just one to the left, one to the right. So we had 12 plays, you know, what? you you didn't need a big, uh, big card on your wrist to remember those, what you-, you know, pitch right, pitch left sprint right sprint left you know in fullback dive that was pretty much it what do you think the patriots had this year 16 20 <laughs> oh man i know i know the, the play they called a lot was the uh, cam newton one hopper to uh to the back oh the my back god that, yeah that was a that was a big play but yeah it was it was tough to watch uh newton i mean they wouldn't even they wouldn't even let him throw in like third and long yeah. it was like they he's 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 either gonna, you know, throw an interception or it's not gonna be complete. So let's just run, run the ball and, and punt it. So that was, uh, that was their third down and long offense right there. So. Yeah, his arm was, his arm is just not what it used to be. Um, like it seemed to me that he he had some kind of injury that he's like never healed from, uh, because he was never this inaccurate of a passer in his career. Um, I mean, he was he was he was an inaccurate passer. Um, on the whole, but, but he was a much better passer in Carolina than he, he was this year. He really struggled to complete passes this year. It was hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he had the shoulder injury, so you got to think that that was still a factor, but uh, yeah, he definitely couldn't, uh, couldn't consistently no. deliver the ball. So uh, yeah. Um, any other, any other Patriots thoughts before I, I ask you a couple of questions on, kind of the uh the scene out there as far as patriots fans oh yeah and what the uh a lot of pats fans out there or or a lot of pats haters or you get uh both any local uh watering holes there that uh, you watch the games at or you know so so um there's a huge uh like new england uh fan base out here a lot of transplants i mean a lot and um i've had the you know, I've had the ability over the years to go to some games. I mean, if like if like last year, let's see. Um, I guess it was in 2019. The Red Sox played a three-game series in San Diego. It felt like a home game. Um, I mean, I sat. Yeah. I just I, I sat with my family, and 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 we were just surrounded by Red Sox fans in the section we were sitting in, and it and it, and it was like that. And and my my in-laws were laughing like. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like the whole, everybody's wearing Red Sox gear. They're cheering when the Red Sox come up, they're booing when the Padres come up. And, and I was saying, I know this is, this is what, this is what Boston fans are like. It's, it's crazy. Um, And, you know, when I went to, so I moved out here in 04, I went to the, I went to that great playoff game in 06 where the Chargers were loaded. And uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, I think, was the MVP that year. That team, if I'm not mistaken, that team was uh, had the best record, maybe, in the NFL. Uh-huh. The Chargers did. Yeah. And and the Patriots. This was the game, Brian, where where the Patriots went down to the final play. Brady threw a pick to Marlon McCree. And then it then didn't Brown strip it or something. He did. All he had to yeah. do was fall on the ground, but he he right. he started to run it back and Brown stripped him and fell on the ball. Brady threw a touchdown pass a few minutes later, and uh the rest was history. Um at that game, I had a Tom Brady shirt on with with a bunch of friends tailgating in, in before the game. Uh 
people were so upset in the stands that I like took it off and tucked it in my shirt <laughs> walking out of the stadium. Uh, and I got back to the parking lot and, um, I was talking to my brother on the phone and, and a guy threw a, uh, a bottle, a glass bottle at me. It smashed all over my feet in the parking lot. And, and I mean, this guy looked like he wanted to hurt me pretty bad. And I thought to myself, I think it's time for me to go. And I'm going to just, you know, excuse myself from the parking lot at this time. Um, so it, that's my story to answer your question of, are there a lot of fans out here? Yes. It was, it was like a, it was like half Patriots, half charger fans in that stadium, but there's also a lot of haters too, man. People, pe- yeah. people are sick of Bostonians winning. And I, 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 I understand why. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, before I get you out of here, just a, a, some yes, no answers okay. here. So I know, I know you get up early, you get your nice hot cup of coffee, <laughs> get in front of the laptop. So tell me, Today, have you been on Boston.com? I I read Boston.com. It's the first thing I open in the morning. I I, I, I go through the Boston Globe religiously okay, every so day. Okay, so that's a yes. yes. Then how about WEEI.com? Yes. Uh, NBCSportsBoston.com. This is the exact order, yes, that I do it in. <laughs> um, 98.5, the Sports Hub. I don't know if that's a dot com or not. I actually don't go on that too much, but I I I, just... I listen to the I listen to Felger and Maz. Yes, on a podcast. You, I listen to the podcast uh, once a day. Okay, uh, Boston Sports Journal, which I think you have to pay for, which I don't. But I thought I'd throw it out there. I'm too cheap to pay for that, Brian. <laughs> so, so no, I'm there but, with but you. I would if I'm I could. There. Hey, maybe maybe we can both get a, a subscription <laughs> split it and we'll give each other the password can you is that like is it like netflix you can just give the password right you, you get so many buddies you can you can all share right, it with. let's let's look into that all right any other sites that i missed that you were on today while you were sipping your coffee um uh no no that's you 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 hit i that's <laughs> it that's 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 the order i do it in and uh i check them multiple times a day nice nice and i usually get on uh pro football talk for some national national mm. notes as well mm. so i'd recommend that one too good that's good that's <laughs> good occasionally occasionally oh. i do uh sports illustrated they've they've lost a lot off their fastball with uh the way they oh, change yeah. things but yeah. I, I still will go on there from time to time hey you know what says pretty much i don't even know if they put i mean aside from mike reese like ESPN Boston, do they even put any content up anymore? Oh, I mean, no. it's like, I don't know what happened to that site. No, they lost a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reese, Reese, Reese is still good if you want to read his Sunday column. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's go-to on Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning, no doubt. Yeah, it used to be. I still think of it as he used to call it Reese's Pieces when he was, I think, with the Globe. And uh, um, I, still, I, I still think he's solid, and uh, I like reading him, and I'm surprised he hasn't, like, shifted away from espn to some other uh venue at this point but um yeah but other, other than that it's it's still really kind of the, the same old same old with with those three uh sites like i i don't do the boston herald and i don't yeah, i don't know yeah. what what they're up to these days so nice nice all right man hey awesome uh touching base with you here wanting to get out uh get out there to the uh, west coast and get get my good pal out here to talk patriots uh 
Patriots football, and uh, you certainly did not disappoint, my friend. Oh, thanks. I'm so glad to uh, be a part of it, and I think it's a great project that you're doing. And uh, you had some some awesome guests on last week, so uh, I'm honored to be a part of it, Brian. Thank you. All right, we're gonna get you back on on soon, so so be ready, and and we'll be in touch. All right, by then, Danny Ainge uh, will have made a big trade, and we'll have a lot to talk about, even even though it's not a Celtics podcast. We can always uh, check in on the Celtics. Absolutely. Excellent, All right, buddy. Bro. Good chatting. I'll you too. You. Jeff Gagnon from San Diego. First time on the show, not wasting any time, just jumping right into the deep end with his thoughts, opinions, some good humor in there as well. It's good stuff. Good stuff. How about a deflate gate reference? I didn't think I'd be talking deflate gate on the podcast today, but. That's hilarious. Deflate gate. Still a little bit bitter. Still a little bit bitter about Deflate Gate. I understand. It's just uh, you know, he's passionate. Passionate about the Patriots, about all sports. So I know he's uh keeping well informed out there in San Diego. So we'll get him on the show again soon, real soon. So thank you again, Jeff. Let's get on to uh Muggsy. Let's dial him up. Muggs, what's going on? Welcome back to the show. Case, thanks for having me back. Hey, before we uh, get to talking about Super Bowl 55, I just want to give you some time here to, to gloat. As I had mentioned in the earlier podcast, we had a little playoff pool going on. Me, you, Moose, Lyle, uh, picking all the playoff games and the over-under. Uh, it was two points for the, the winning team for each game and then one point for over-under. And you won. You won the pool, so congratulations. Uh, do you want to talk any shit or gloat at all? Or here's your here's your time, so go for it. No, not not really any shit. It just kind of worked out kind of funny. I thought that, uh, that I got to collect from all three people, which <laughs> normally you wouldn't. I thought I was only going to collect from two, but I actually got to collect from all three. But... You know, all in all, I think it just proved that we all suck at picking games. I might have won it, but it wasn't a pretty picking. I think in the first week I was one in five in the picks. The over-unders kind of saved me. Um, and I did kind of catch fire a little bit in the last few rounds where I think I got three or four the next weekend, and then I hit both uh, last weekend and then the Super Bowl. But the the funny, ironic thing was – since I was sort of in the lead or tied, I knew that they had to make up points for me. And I knew those, I knew those two jabronis wouldn't not pick Tampa Bay. <laughs> so even though, so it, it actually kind of saves me in the end because I loved Kansas City in the game. If I was betting the game, I probably would have bet uh, Kansas City. But uh, since I knew those two would say, oh, I, I got to at least root for Brady. So I'm like, I just took <laughs> Tampa Bay. So the yeah, one thing yeah. I was pretty confident in is I really did like the under in the game. So that actually is what what actually got me the win is the under. It had nothing to do with the game because we all picked the same team. So yeah, we all yeah, all four of us had the Bucks right. So so yeah, I I had the Bucks in the under too, and I was I was worried for you there because I I was at the bottom of the pool, finished dead last, and when I made that pick, and then I saw you made that pick, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, he's in trouble. But nonetheless, uh, it was fun. So, so did you have to shake Lyle down for the money, or was he good for it? No, no, he's. I still have to. I still have to send the cops after him or something. But no, <laughs> All I, right, well, I, I'll, I'll get it from him later. But overall, I thought it was a good pool. It saves us from uh, 
really gambling and we all put in a hundred bucks and a uh, good little banter between everyone. I thought, you know, you did those videos, which was great. Um, I, I don't know. It, I, I kind of came up with the idea. It was kind of to save us money from gambling and, you know, you lose to your friends, you lose a hundred bucks. Like who cares? Like if we would have, if we would have really bet really money, real money there, we might've lost our shirt, but I thought yeah. it was a good pool. Like I said, anything to, talking shit to the guys and yeah, keeping yeah. interested in Texter and the game. So maybe we'll see if we can get anybody else aboard and try it again next year. All right. Sounds good. I don't, I don't know if Aaron, Aaron will say uh, what she'll feel about that since I uh, won't be able to take her out for uh, Valentine's day dinner this weekend because uh, I, I can't afford it. But anyway, anyway, moving on. Uh, congratulations again. And yes, we definitely will need to do that again next year. So give me some, uh, give me some thoughts on the game itself. Obviously uh, Bucks, you know, they won pretty handily. Uh, great defensive effort. Brady did what he needed to do. So let me hear what you, uh, what you, you thought of the game. Yeah, I just, I mean, what can you say? I mean, I still kind of amazed that they won the game. Um, A few, few points that I would say from the game, I mean, to go quick and just touch the main points is, you know, I just, I just feel like I, I, I think now that like Brady, when he came to Tampa Bay, he just brought the full package that maybe we weren't capitalizing on in new England. Like he brings recruits, yeah, he probably had he had to be in some part of the game plan because uh, I don't know Arians is just isn't that smart, so he had to <laughs> he had to take place in that. Agree, agree. Um, um, he, he just had to. I just I felt happy for Brady. Um, even the celebrating that was today, it was just kind of like we haven't really seen this side of him where he seems so happy. And it's like, maybe we were keeping this guy down all along, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, kudos goes out to him, but I'll just say that the other thing was astounding from the Tampa Bay standpoint, besides their, um, you know, the, the four man pressure up front with, uh, you know, white Barrett JPP and the guys just sending the noise kind of, kind of like the recipe that killed the Patriots when the giants played them, they just had that four man rush, no extra guys, constant pressure. Um, it was it was there all game. I mean, Tampa Bay, from a defensive fam standpoint, played, I don't know, about as perfect as you could be. Tampa Bay didn't look like themselves for, I don't know, two minutes at all in the game. No one got loose. No, Whenever I see Kansas City every week, I'm like, yeah, there's Tyreek Hill open for 30 yards and running for 30 more. And, uh, oh, Kelsey's open, and uh, oh, there's Watkins, or there's Hardman, or there's a. I mean, it just it just didn't look like Kansas City at all. Yeah, they the were Tampa, definitely definitely the, out of sync, out of sync uh, with the offensive line being injured too. But yeah, it definitely didn't look the, like your normal team. The whole game. I mean, yeah, I'd have to say that you know Kansas City obviously felt those those two linemen were a, probably a bigger deal than I even thought going into the game because. They they applied that pressure, but you have to say that somewhat of the pressure was because of the two, uh, um, you know, linemen out for Kansas City. So that was a big factor. The other thing that was amazing on the Tampa Bay front was just like I felt like that the the Bucks airing eerily looked like the Patriots, meaning they were very conservative. They had the lead. Every other team was the idiots. <laughs> Um, they didn't commit the penalties. They were sound. They ran the ball. 
no plays down deep, no turnovers. It just seemed like it was the Patriots. Not yeah. only because not only because because um, Brady was the quarterback, but just their whole play. I mean, everything. No penalties, better coaching, no turnovers, safe checkdowns, no deep balls. I mean, just it, just everything. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. And and from the other side, I mean, Andy Reid was like, I, I mean, I, I don't know what happened to him. There was no adjustments. Just played dumb. Even Arians outcoached him to the ground, which is insane. I, yeah, I I almost think that you know the hit. Maybe the the thing that was going on with his son, with Britt Reed, with the him getting mm-hmm. into the accident, and I mean, maybe that came into a factor, and he was a little bit out of sorts or something. But yeah, I think I, mean, I think that that could have been a distraction. I think anything like that, and I think they had some COVID issues too, and the the barber, and I mean, anything that kind of distracts you from from the game planning and in and everything. It, I definitely think that might have had something to do with it because definitely. Reed was out coached. They just weren't weren't prepared. Yeah, they were um, flat, 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 flat. Yeah. No, no end arounds. No exciting plays. Kelsey had at least two huge drops that went like right through his hands that he never drops. The mm-hmm. the, the the another one that no one's talking about is I was watching tape again today and two or three shanks by the Kansas City punter. Like yeah, yeah, twenty yard punts. I mean, we don't hear twenty yard punts anymore. When you are buried deep, <laughs> you're talking let it go, fifty, sixty yard punts. Got to worry about the return a little bit. But this guy was just shanking him out of bounds, choking. Look yeah. with his rock star hair. <laughs> yeah, that but, that really hasn't been talked talked too much about. But that certainly was a big deal, field position wise. And um, yeah, he, he really, I think he's a rookie, right. And he just kind of yeah. wasn't, uh, yeah, was, couldn't step up on the big stage. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, Gronk was a huge factor. I mean, if you look, Godwin barely did anything. Evans had one catch. You'd look at the stats and I don't know if you'd think, I mean, and it, I don't think you'd think it was a, it was, a, I was just wanting Tampa Bay to win. So it was holding like, Oh, maybe Kansas city comes back like next, like, like last the year before against San Francisco, but game was kind of over at halftime. Almost. It just felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I still kind of felt just in, just because they've come back in the past that maybe they still had a chance, but, uh, but yeah, obviously the way that things uh, played out, they just, they were never in the game uh, at all. So they, the Bucks just took it to them. They ran the ball, uh, protected Brady, and just did, like you said, everything they needed to do, conservative. Uh, yeah, almost like the Patriots. And yeah. I, I've, I've heard that before a little bit and some of the analysis and talking to some friends that same type of uh, feelings that, you know, it looked a lot like uh, the Patriots. So, I mean, kudos to, to Tampa and, and Brady Definitely. and, uh, you know, number seven. It's just uh, remarkable. And it looks like they're going to try to, run it back here and see what they can do for, uh, you know, for next year. But let me ask you kind of specific to the Patriots, because as I was kind of watching the game, uh, obviously the Chiefs are going to be the team to beat, you know, as long as Mahomes is healthy and, and there for the next six, seven years. I mean, watching the Buccaneers and what they did, you know, what what do the Patriots need to do, uh, you think, in order to uh, be able to to stop Mahomes and, and get to a point where they can, um, you know, beat, uh, beat the chiefs at some point, but what do they, 
watching what the Bucks do did, what do the Patriots need to do? I mean, I think the I think the game plan and the footprint to beat the Chiefs is kind of I think that's already been known. It's just no one can usually do it. But I mean, the Bucks were able to do it, but it's usually just control control the ball and keep it away from Mahomes as much as possible and limit the big plays probably mainly to the receivers, Hardman, Hill, um, you know, Kelsey, even Tampa Bay just allowed all the checkdowns all day long to Kelsey, and they they just singled up on him. They got burnt by Tyreek Hill in the first quarter of the the game before for 200 yards in the first quarter, so they just weren't going to lose like that. But I think the recipe's there. It's just Mm -hmm. ball control, um, you know, play defense, give no, don't allow the big plays. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of it. No one can do it because they can't Mahomes is you. They usually just, a, a offense, a giant offense that can't be stopped and they get up to the lead. And then that, that, that goes awry. You can't really do that when you're down 14, 17, 20 points. And they usually can put up points in a hurry. So it's really, I think with the, with, the Patriots team, what they have, they don't really have the firepower. They're, they're looking at, they got a pretty solid line, decent running backs. I mean, they're only hope. Let's see what they do in the off season for some weapons and stuff, but uh, tight end receiver or whatnot. But I mean, their strength right now is on the ground. So it would be ground control and, you know, apply the pass rush to Mahomes, have a spy on Mahomes, which early, Tampa Bay wasn't doing that. And the only thing Kansas city was getting on big plays or third down or chances was when Mahomes would get out of the pocket. So I think you always got to keep an eye on him. The thing with them is you really can't, you can't control everything. You can't double Tyreek, have a spy for uh, Mahomes and double Kelsey. So you always have to pick your poison. Obviously it seems like that the chiefs chose Hill and let Kelsey go one-on-one and, you know, didn't really have a spy on Mahomes. And his toe looked like it was okay, but now they're saying that, I mean, it didn't look 100%, but he looked better than he had the week, the two weeks before. But now they're saying that he has needs turf toe surgery. Yeah, so yeah. obviously it wasn't 100%. So. Yeah, yeah. What I really noticed and what, what the Patriots are lacking is, the Bucks just had a lot of speed at the linebacker position and they were able to to cover Kelsey at times or or backs out of the backfield and with the um you know the Patriots it just seems that's all that the last couple of years has really been a weakness on their defense but man those Bucks linebackers were just flying around and um you know able to you know to be able to keep your your linebackers in the game on third down and and not have to go small um just they were just they were just great and I, I was I was thinking a lot about that with the Patriots I know they got Uche last year who has that speed but and showed some flashes but I don't think they really had knew what to do with them quite yet last year so I think that'll be a big developmental offseason for him and hopefully they can put him in a position where he can use his speed so um, but I really I really like their linebacker play uh, on Sunday that's really it was really um just uh just excellent so yeah so yeah no, I, I agree with that as well that's what do you think uh bill belichick and, and Kraft are, are thinking this week i mean anything you know you know they regretting things even more for for letting uh 
or not trying to sign Brady or bring him back. Um, obviously, they needed more than just they would have needed more than just Brady to to compete. Uh, they just didn't have the talent on the roster. But any thoughts on on what those two uh, are feeling this week? So I I mean, wow, that's a loaded one. I think both of them. I would love to know if they actually talk about it, the two of them. That's what I would like to know. I, I, I feel like it's just all like internal thinking. I think mm-hmm. neither one of them, I think they're neither going to ever admit anything about it. But I think definitely, I, I mean, how could you not? I mean, I think mm-hmm. every fan um, took a little bit of a hit saying w- w- whether you thought you were in the middle of the road where you thought they should get rid of them or didn't want to get rid of them or did. I mean, I think everyone took a hit on that opinion, no matter where it was, to say um, we probably shouldn't have, or even if it's just moving the meter just a little bit. I mean, me myself included. Like, I probably was, um, I probably was kind of in the middle. Like, I saw why they wanted to do it. I was just kind of sick of hearing about it, although I didn't want to see him go. But like, you've been trying to turn the page for ten years. I just kind of want to see what the next step is. So I was kind of in the middle there, but I mean, I'll def- definitely tell you that I regret it a little bit more because I, I mean, I, I was happy for him, but I, I hated that he's not doing it with the Patriots. And if he ever wins two or three and, and kind of goes off at 45 with, uh, you know, two more Super Bowl titles and like, will he be considered for someone that's young, they'll think of him as a Buccaneer and not a Patriot. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't remember Joe Montana or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the end, and he was on Kansas City, and that was a debacle. Yeah. But he never won one with Kansas City. Yeah. The fact that if he wins one, two, three, I mean, who? I, yeah, even I if he won put anything past Even if guy. he wins one more with the Bucs, that would be oh, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. So what do you think uh, next next year? Uh, Bucks are are going to be playing in New England. <laughs> what do you think that week's going to be like? <laughs> well, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I, I think it'll be a good game for all. I mean, I think the the fans are going to go wild for him when he gets there. I don't, I don't. They'll probably have. Will they have a special ceremony? I don't know. I don't know if I put as much thought in that one as I think. Yeah, I think, um, I think they got to do some type of video or something, right. To, uh, if he, when he comes back, I think, yeah. I think the craft yeah. will want to do something for him. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, uh, see what they do and, and, you know, where the, where that game falls in the schedule, I would think probably earlier in the season, but that'll definitely be a, uh, a big, big game for the NFL. So, um, will will Bill give him a hug. <laughs> that i don't know what are the odds on that we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to see a, a hug 50 50 yeah i think i i don't know that'll be interesting to see i, I would lean towards a yes right now i guess well maybe it depends yeah. if they win after the game <laughs> and they'll be all he'll be all happy but uh yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a great uh a great game next year to look forward to hey let me let me throw this question at you and i was i heard I was listening to, I think it was, uh, was it the Gottlieb show or something driving home and they had brought this up and, and I always like to kind of speculate too on, on what the opening game uh, of the season will be next year. So traditionally the Super Bowl champion will host on Thursday night, correct? And they'll, you know, raise the banner and, and do whatnot. But, uh, out of these teams here, here's the, the home schedule for the Bucks. So, 
after I run these down, give me a couple of these teams that you think might be the opening uh, opening game opponent. So Falcons, Panthers, Saints, which are the divisional opponents. Uh, Bills, yeah. Dolphins, Giants. If you say Giants, I'll kill you. Uh, Cowboys and Bears. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on the first game of the season? Uh, who do you think the NFL might uh, might schedule there? This is not a might. This is who the game is. It's the Buffalo Bills. Really? Not even. Not really. Not not, not, right. not even a debate. I I mean I, I don't I don't even need to we don't need, I don't even need to discuss. You think it? It's the it's the Bills. The only one that it could be is the Saints. But I think if um if um Breeze isn't there, I think that's a dog shit game. What about the Cowboys? You know, big. Big name America's yeah. team. They can't even win eight games. But that's that, I know. But everyone still talks about them. It doesn't matter if they win eight games or four games or twelve games. They still, they're still in the news, and that's what they were saying on the radio. They were so, thinking Cowboys. So, all right, I'm saying I'm saying ninety percent Buffalo, ten percent Cowboys. All right, I don't. I, I'm actually. I think it was. I think I'm thinking either Cowboys or Saints, and I'm probably yeah without Breeze, you know. That may not be as attractive, but but I kind of I'm gonna go with the Saints, I think. So I'll say Saints. For oh, you just, you just you just said Breeze wasn't there. You I know, I know. That. I so I don't. You're going with that? I, for some reason, I think the Cowboys would be the better game, but for some reason, I think they they're gonna choose the Saints. I don't know, maybe because it's a division game or something. I don't know. I'll I'll say the Saints. You'll go with the Bills. So we'll put, see. Put all your chips. <laughs> All your chips on Buffalo. We'll see who that, that is. is the game. All right, so that'll be once the schedule come out, like late April or something. Uh, yeah, so, wait, that's gonna be a while. But... So we'll see. We'll see who that who uh, who that opponent. Refer to the tape on two ten. Okay, we, we'll 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 look back <laughs> at it definitely. Um, <laughs> so I think that's that's uh, that's all I got. A quick quick hit on the game and and some thoughts. So uh, that's good good stuff. Hey, tell uh, tell the listeners out there. I know you got something in the works here. Why don't you uh, make your announcement here on the uh, the podcast? Nice. Um, so, case gave me the idea. We've been doing this for a little bit of time, and it seems like a good idea and fun. And he was going to focus on the Patriots. So, um, I'm going to debut tomorrow night. Um, Shamrock Talk, which is a focus on uh, the Boston Celtics. Um, just in-depth analysis, um, you know, with, we'll have guests on as well with, uh, not just stats and overviews, but we'll get down to the nitty gritty. We'll look at the last players on the roster. We'll, we'll shit on Brad Stevens for all his mistakes. We'll trash Danny Ainge for his stupid trades <laughs> and, uh, but we're looking forward to it and thanks. for Yeah. The talk, awesome. Brother. So Shamrock talk, uh, pull that up on anchor and, uh, we look forward to that. Yep. Speaking of the cells real quick. Uh, jazz last night. Jazz is a pretty, they're a pretty damn good team, but they took the L. Any, uh, any quick thoughts on that game? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Celts are kind of, they hung in there for a while. They just fell, fell apart at the end. Um, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell kind of took over the game or whatnot, but Celts haven't really been playing well. I mean, Kimba Walker's absolutely killing them right now. I mean, I think it was another. I don't know. I think it was like it was two of twelve or, or worse. So he's just he's really killing me. I, I think I think Tatum was actually seven of twenty last night. 
Um, their defense was crap. Um, like you said, um, you know, um, the Jazz is a, is the best team in the NBA, which uh, me, me and my son were talking about the game. Like, the Jazz were like, you know, yeah, they're the best team in the league, but they're not going to beat the Lakers. Like, it's just it's kind of a joke because I don't I don't think they're going anywhere. But they they have a couple good players. Um, they play hard. They really play as a team. Uh, but I don't think they have enough. But I don't know. Celtics feel I feels like the Celts need like a little bit of a shakeup or something. Um, just not not really smooth right now. They're luckily staying in fourth yeah. right now. And the East is a disaster. And that's kind of where I thought they would end up. So maybe it's all just playing well at the right time and getting their, getting their, um, their rotation down to eight or nine. Cause sometimes we're playing 10, 12 guys. And I think we talked about a little bit on the first one about, you know, the centers and sometimes they play big and small. Just, they're struggling with identity a little bit and guys going in and out of the lineup. Like, they just have to figure all this stuff. Yeah, out. yeah, mean, and two and three. I mean, honestly, when the, the that West Coast trip that they went out on, they played some good teams. Two and three is actually what I said they would be. Um, I was hoping for three and two. They probably should have got one of those games. The the one the the Kings one comes to mind as the one that kind of slipped away. But I, the 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 main problem is Walker right now. That's what I would say, and I would play. I would I would just be scaling him back with minutes a little bit. I don't know if he's injured. I'm I'm just hearing things this morning about maybe his knee still isn't a hundred percent. But let's just go twenty or twenty five with him. I think I think Pritchard could can do the job. I've seen enough of that kid that he can. I'm pretty sure he can run the team and he takes good shots. Um, he's a good shooter, pretty good defender, maybe a little under undersized, but. He grinds it out, and uh, I don't know. I think they should just scale back on Walker's minutes a minute, a little bit, figure out what they're doing with the center position, and they need to cut down that rotation. I believe. I know they're trying a lot of people, but they. I don't. You can't play twelve yes, guys. Yeah. People don't know their yeah. roles. They don't know. Know your role. <laughs> know your role. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Kemba's definitely hurting them. Uh, at least uh, last night he struggled shooting the ball. So. Uh, we'll see what uh, Brad Stevens uh, does. And he, he, I mean, he doesn't probably get criticized as much as he should, but, uh, you know, we'll see you know, with the rotations and, and who, uh, you know, is he going to slim those those uh, minutes down for certain guys and whatnot. But more, more, more complaining about Stevens lately, yeah. I'd say. I've been hearing on sports radio around yeah. here for sure. But the, the one, one other thing, Case, I want to add is, Looking at the uh, the schedule coming up, like I said, they were on the West Coast for five games, and then before that, they played the Lakers or whatnot. They they lost that one as well, so they they've had a little bit of a tough schedule. If I look at the next um, eight games, it looks like just on paper, and I know this is all on paper, and you got to play them out, but they should be they should be able to win, uh, you know, five or six of the next eight for sure. Um, it's Washington, uh, Detroit. They're just softer teams, so they, I know you got to play them out. But uh, you know, if they go f- six and two or five and three, you know, maybe no one's talking about them anymore in a negative way, yeah. at least. But I think they're going to hang around that four spot, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. They just have to be playing well at the right time, and you know, they have to be ready to play their best basketball against the 
the Nets, who also aren't looking no, very good no. right now, and a lot of bitching and complaining, and that little douchebag <laughs> Kyrie Irving keeps complaining. Yeah. So the more complaining they do, the better. Nice, nice. But, All right, man, good stuff. I'm sure you'll even get uh, deeper into the uh, – the woods there on Shamrock Talk with uh, all things Celtics and uh, getting down to the details. So we look forward to that, buddy. Um, all right, man. Once again, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on. I'm not sure when we're going to get back on the pod here, maybe in a couple of weeks uh, with the off season starting and all, but definitely look forward to getting you back on and uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your thoughts, buddy. Thank you, Muggs, for being on Patriots Unpacked once again. Great job, great job. Listen to his new podcast, Shamrock Talk, where uh, Muggs will talk Celtics basketball. Definitely give a listen. So he likes the Bills and Bucks on the opening night uh, 2021 season. Interesting, interesting. I don't don't think it's going to be the Bills. I'm going to... Gonna disagree there and say say the Saints, uh, the Bills and Bucks. That would be what a CBS game, I believe. Not sure CBS is gonna want to give give that up uh, to NBC, but we will see. Uh, regardless, I'm looking forward to being up at Raymond James for the opening uh, opening game of the season, where they raise the banner or the flag or whatever they raise to celebrate uh, their Super Bowl championship. So that's something to, to look forward to come, uh, what, early September, I believe. So looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of CBS, I mean, I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but their coverage of the game I thought was a little lacking. Some of the replays they, they just didn't show or showed maybe one time. Uh the offsides there on the punt, I believe it was. Uh, I think they showed it once. Uh, and you just, I mean, on a regular game, heck, if you get a flag for the offensive lineman flinching, you see it seven or eight times they show it. And then this uh, pretty important play where the Bucks ended up getting a first down, they show it once in uh just asking myself, you know, can I see that again? Because the angle that they showed wasn't really that good. So then the Gronk, the first Gronk touchdown, again, they showed the replay one time. And I just would have liked to seen uh, a better angle on the replay just to see what happened to the, I'm sure the linebacker got kind of caught in the wash coming across the field to try to cover him. But they didn't show it. They showed like one bad replay and that was it. So I don't know. I was a little disappointed with CBS. And Tony Romo, I don't I don't know what the fascination is with Romo. I mean, everyone thinks he's great. Uh, I think he's okay. I think he's kind of goofy. It's like, oh, hey, Jim, uh, here comes an end around. Look for it. Look for it. I just, I just don't buy into him being this greatest sports player. Uh, commentator of all time just don't don't see it especially and what's he make 17 million dollars a year it's just just the most ridiculous contract not only in uh broadcasting but i think the entire labor market so i don't get it there but anyway let's uh let's move on uh we got uh our final guest uh hilly so let's uh let's chat it up with hilly once again let's get him on the line
Billy, what's going on, man? Good to have you on the show again. What's up? Case, pleasure to be here again, my friend. A lot right. to talk about today. Okay. Unpack here. So, so let's start with breaking down the game a little bit. Uh, then we'll get on to kind of talk about the Patriots and what Belichick and Kraft might be feeling today uh, after Brady captured his seventh Super Bowl title, this one with the Bucks. So tell me, uh, so tell me some thoughts on the game itself. You know, overall, the, the game was, you know, it was anticlimactic in a lot of ways because it felt over in the middle of the third quarter. But it felt, I guess, familiar, uh, if I were to describe it anyway, just because it's what Brady's been doing for as long as I can remember at this point. Pretty surgical, uh, stayed away from turnovers, made key plays in the red zone when he needed to, and uh, depended on a defense that that really stepped up and and held a uh, a great offense down, similar to what we saw with the first Super Bowl against the Rams. So I just uh, that would be the word that comes to mind is is familiar. I don't know what you know what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean you got to give credit to the Bucks defense. I mean they were just. They were awesome. I mean, they just completely had Mahomes running all over the place. And, I mean, the speed at linebacker, and and that's what really jumped out to me because, you know, the Patriots linebackers, you look what, what they're throwing out there, and they just can't cover anybody coming out of the backfield. And you look at these Buccaneers, you know, linebackers, Smith, David. I mean, they were covering Kelsey and just all over the field. And just it just – pops out at you I thought and they just dominated um and obviously the Chiefs offensive line was just was just terrible missing the tackles obviously that was a big factor but yeah. that Bucks defense was just outstanding yeah when we talked last week I know uh I had picked the Chiefs to win the game and in the cover and I didn't fully uh I think anticipate or realize just how much the changes to the offensive line was going to hurt. I mean, losing Fisher um, and then having to s- switch around uh, like two or three positions to cover that really, it did make an impact. And, you know, the Bucks defense seemed to really prioritize taking Tyree kill away. You know, mm-hmm. Kelsey was open a lot underneath and in the scenes, but they didn't let Hill beat him over the top like happened in the regular season. And that seemed like a, a really concerted effort. And, you know, Mahomes had to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. And when you do that and your offensive line is a little bit of a mess, you know, you, you get to the quarterback pretty quick. So, yeah, I agree. The speed the speed at which the Bucks played and um, the scheme from Todd Bowles, it seemed like, you know, they were just in sync the whole game. And they, it felt like they were in control from from the beginning of the game on. Yeah, they definitely definitely made Mahomes look very average. Hey, talk to me about uh, some of the early penalties on the Chiefs there. I mean, I felt some of those were ticky-tacky. I'm not going to say that it affected the game because at the end of the day, you know, the Bucks were the better team last night. But some of those penalties I thought were, uh, you know, a little much there. I think they could have kept the uh, flags in their pockets. Yeah. The refs, they have a tough job. I mean, in the NFL especially, the rules are so uh, slanted toward the offense. Um, the overriding, you know, kind of, um, you know, the overriding thought by the referees is to just default to the holding penalties on the defense and, and those types of things. So 
some of those I agree were tough calls and, and you could make a case one way or the other, but it's just indicative of the NFL as a whole. I mean, that's how games are called. Uh, the defenses are at a really, you know, big disadvantage. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the play right before the half with the, when they took the shot to Evans, you know, the, the yeah. guy tripped up. Yeah. They tripped up. Like, but that's going to get called a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this. Do they, do they ever call like non catchable anymore? I don't think I've seen that in like two years. It seems like they think that the receiver is going to catch every ball where some of those, I think, I mean, the Evans play, he dove for his legs. You got to call that one. Yeah. But the one on the end zone where, yeah, you know, that ball was way. <laughs> Agreed. Unless they were <laughs> that... throwing to. The reincarnate yeah. of Manute Bowl that has LeBron James <laughs> vertical leap. Yeah, that no one was coming down with that. I, I agree. I thought the same thing. And you're right. The uncatchable, you don't see the referees uh, putting their hand over their head and waving it over their cap too much anymore. It's just not something that uh, that happens a whole heck of a lot. So, yeah, I, I yeah. definitely felt that was uncatchable. But to your point, just it's not really called that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that one that was tipped and Brady threw the interception there and that that holding or whatever it was called that yeah. that was that was really a tough one there but again you know the Chiefs fans can complain all they want but um you know they were just they were just outplayed last night so uh I would have liked to see fewer penalties but um you know that happens that happens so yeah I, I was um, surprised on both sides of the ball I, w- I was surprised that the Bucks were able to take away take away Tyreek Hill so uh, so efficiently, and I, I was also surprised on the other side of the ball that the Bucks ran it so well. I mean, one of the things I know we talked about last week was, and one of my concerns going into the game was the Bucks just have not consistently run the ball um, and control the clock. Well, last night they did. They ran it really well. They ran it well with Fournette and with Jones, and it helped them to control the clock and you know, keep Kansas city off the field. So uh, I, that game was, was full of surprises on both sides of the ball to me. Yeah. For net, I mean, not only this super bowl, but the whole playoffs, I've never been a fan of four net, you know, always seems to be injured. What was he? The fourth overall pick yeah. in the draft just never lived, lived up to his expectations, but my God, he, I mean, he was finishing runs, just running over people. I mean, he was running just, like he was on a mission and I just, I mean, is this the same Fournette that's been in the league and, you know, he comes to the box and gets in the playoffs and it's just a, a different running back. So yeah, I was again, never high on Fournette, but, but he, he ran like a different running back through these whole playoffs. Yeah. And whether, you know, the environment matters, right. I mean, Fournette came into the league in Jacksonville and they, there's not much of a, a passing threat to that offense. So he's dealing with a lot of eight in the box type defenses and it made it tough for him. You can't really do that, you know, with Tampa. You're not gonna load up the box when you have all the weapons that the Bucks have on the outside and even, you know, at the tight end position. So the environment in Tampa is a lot more conducive for running back. But I agree he ran really hard and he did finish his runs and uh, he he had some he had some great runs in the playoffs. The one against Green Bay uh, with the spin move, and the, he he looked really good. So again, you look at Brady and Brady the GM, and Brady the GM did pretty good last <laughs> night between Brown and Gronk and and Fournette. I think uh, Brady the GM yeah. had a better night than Brady the quarterback. 
Right. I mean, that team already had a lot of weapons and they bring in three more weapons and they all contribute uh, mightily last night. So, yeah, Brady, the GM, deserves uh, just as much of the credit. But, um, you know, another big factor, and I think it it comes into play when when teams play uh, another team for the second time, especially when they lose. Uh, But just to be able to already you know, experience the speed of say Hill and just get a feel for what that's like in a game. Uh, you're not seeing it for the first time and get to, to, you know, play him a second time and, and kind of get that payback. I think, I think that was an important factor as well, as far as preparation goes. Yeah. I, and I think the offensive line just ties back to it because they were able to play kind of soft zones and play over the top, help on Hill, uh, and Mahomes didn't have as much time as normal. I mean, normally that, that can work well from the perspective of not letting Hill take the top off, but you see Kansas City adapt to that, and guys are constantly moving when the play breaks down and they get open all over the field, right, as Mahomes kind of extends plays and does all that kind of stuff. He couldn't do that last night. He didn't have the ability. He made a couple of the most – uh, incredible, incomplete throws I've ever seen in my life, but he was just under yeah. duress the entire night. So it played right into their hands. They were able to play soft zone and they didn't have to pay for it with Mahomes' legs um, because he just he didn't have the time. So um, I do think they prepared for the speed of Kansas City better. There's no question, but to me it's a different game if Kansas City has their their full offensive line and and Mahomes is able to kind of create in the pocket as he would normally do yeah yeah and uh just a quick note to uh Tyreek Hill you may not want to do a backflip into the end zone in a regular season game because it might just come back to haunt you yeah you you know what if you're if you're Tampa you gladly take that taunting penalty. You have yes, to. You yes, have yes. to take that taunting penalty. I, I would be. Uh, you would be remiss if you passed up the opportunity to take that taunting penalty. So, completely you know. agree. A hundred percent agree on that one. And I'm. And I. I get infuriated when with dumb penalties, but I would take that dumb penalty any day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to oh. ask you what. What did you feel? was the was the turning point in the game where where did you start to say to yourself the bucks are really going to control this game from start to finish Wh- when did you feel that uh, way? let's see that's that's a good question so what was it so they went up uh what was the halftime score uh 21 to 6 right, right? so they went uh well yeah you know that you got to say probably at the end of the end of the second half obviously the whole the whole timeout situation and Kansas City's calling timeouts yeah. and you're you're wondering what are they doing is and it came back to bite them. I mean I, I get it. They want to get the ball back, but geez, it, it looks bad, you know, the way the things played out. So they go down, they get the touchdown. But you know at halftime I still I guess I still felt that the Chiefs were in it just because of their history of, of coming back. Um so um you know, I, I thought they, they might have had a chance, but as things, you know, started playing out in the third quarter, it was it was clear that, you know, Mahomes just, just had no time to to throw and, and it was just gonna be the Bucks night. So um yeah, what do you think of that that second half the end of the end of the first half uh, yeah drive there by the Bucks? I don't blame 
read at all for that because that's who that team is. They score points, and they score points at an incredibly rapid rate of speed. So I understood why they were calling the timeouts. It looks like the Bucks were being relatively conservative um, at the beginning of that drive. Uh, but as we've seen forever with Brady, right before the half, how many times do they go down and, and get a score? So I felt at that point that was a pretty big turning point because if that doesn't happen – they go into the half 14-6. It's a one-score game. Uh, Kansas City's getting the ball first. But that was a big, a big swing. I I just can't – I can't fault Reed for it. It didn't work. So, it's easy now to say you shouldn't – you shouldn't have called timeout. You should have let the half run out. But you have one of the most, if not the most, prolific offense in the history of the NFL. You want to get the ball in their hands as many times as humanly possible to score points. So, I'm not going to – I'm not going to crush Reed for making that decision. I I felt like, like you, at the beginning of the second half, Kansas City goes down and kicks a field goal. Okay, maybe. But Tampa's response to that first drive, going right down the field, punching it in, and he gets a 28-9. At that point, I said, you know, they're, they're not coming back from this. Yeah, to think that they held them to no touchdowns, this Chiefs team to no touchdowns. It's just it's just a remarkable defensive effort. I yeah. mean, you know, you think I mean that the Chiefs, you know, they rely obviously so heavily on the pass and they really didn't have an answer on the ground, obviously with that offensive line. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, maybe the Chiefs, if they could have run the ball, uh, maybe take advantage of some smallish type linebackers. But, you know, you look at the the Bucks front with Sue and, and Vita Vey back. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, they probably couldn't even run against them either. So it's just everything just came together for the Bucks. They got healthy, uh, and they just have such a talented roster on both sides that you know it just all came together at the right time. Yeah, it shows you. Uh, it really does show you the difference of in that sport what the quarterback um, can do to elevate the franchise. It it's relatively you know, the same team there's obviously the, you know, addition, a couple additions here and there, there always is in the NFL, but primarily it's the same group of guys that went seven and nine, but the difference is they didn't throw 30 interceptions. So it, it, it truly does matter. And one guy can, can control uh, turning around a franchise like that. It was pretty, pretty amazing to watch. And uh, he, he set out to what he, he set out to accomplish, uh, Went in the seventh Super Bowl, and he did. It's pretty impressive, man. So they beat uh, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Mahomes. Uh, just just incredible. On the road, too, you know. It's just yeah. – uh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, to win three road games I, – I, what did he win in New England? Three road games his entire career because they were never on the road. I think he was – I think I saw something where he was three and four in his playoff career in New England. Yeah. And he won three playoff games this year. So he had to win the Super Bowl a completely different way than he's had to in the past. <clears throat> it's amazing. It's amazing that uh, – and it's not, you know, just him. We just talked about the Bucks defense was incredible and they, they did an awesome job last night. But at the end of the day, Brady did what Brady always does. He made all the throws he needed to make. It was pretty cool seeing him and Gronk uh, kind of – turn back the clock a little bit. Uh, Gronk had been yeah, relatively yeah. MIA for 
a lot of the season from a pass catching perspective. It it was really it was pretty cool. It was surreal a little bit to see those two still doing it, but just in a uh, a completely different uniform. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and I heard some of this being talked about today on some of the shows and whatnot. But it's amazing how both. Brady and Gronk, they'll do whatever it takes for for the team, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, Gronk sacrificed getting catches earlier in the year, or really most of the year. And you know, if Brady, you know, if he throws whatever for two hundred yards, hey, three touchdowns, I'll take yeah. that if if we win. And for those two guys to just be so selfless and do whatever it takes uh, to win, uh, it's just it's just great. It's just great to see. How about Gronk? Which, this is just amazing as well, because if I had told you at the beginning of the year that Gronk would play all 16 games and four playoff games, I mean, what would you say to that? I would have been I would have been surprised that he would have stayed healthy for the entire minute of the year. But he his role is different, obviously, in Tampa than it was in New England. He's still just a tremendous run blocker. He's not the vertical threat that he was. He's a little more robotic when he runs you can tell he's not he's not the same fluid athlete he was in his prime nor would you really expect him to be uh but he's you know if that ball is anywhere around him with his catch radius and his bear claw hands he's gonna he's gonna bring it in i mean he's got tremendous hands and he knows how to get open i mean the touchdown the second touchdown he caught that was just you know a case of him working to get open, sort of like we talked about with what Kansas City normally does. Brady had the time and he was able to kind of deliver it. So it's it was great to see him, you know, do so well. He seems incredibly happy um, to be playing down here. And uh, like like we talked about last week, I, I don't have any sort of feeling but gratitude toward the two of them. Um, so as much as yeah. I wish they were doing it in yeah. a Patriots uniform, it was still a lot of fun to see. Yeah, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on the game? I know that early in the game that that Chiefs punter had a, a rough goal yeah. of it there with a couple of shanks, so that wasn't uh, a good opening uh, for them. Uh, you know, field position wise for the Bucks, giving it to them um, with a short field. So rough, uh, rough uh, start there for the rookie punter. I think he's a rookie punter, so that was tough to watch. Yeah, I, I think the only other thing that jumps out kind of ties back to what you just said. Uh, about Brady being willing to do whatever it takes to win. I give credit to Arians and Leftwich too because they did dial back the aggressiveness somewhat. Uh, they they weren't – they didn't try to prove a point to say we're going to throw the ball, you know, 20-plus yards down the field 25 times today to prove a point that we can win our way, right? Because they are an aggressive team by nature. Mm-hmm. They They did dial it back. And and that is scheme, and, and that's a coaching staff that's willing to kind of do what they need to do as well. So that was the other takeaway I had. I, I didn't I didn't know how the game plan would look. I just I thought that they would kind of stick more to their guns and be more aggressive down the field, and they weren't as aggressive down the field. They they took what the defense gave them. It looked more Patriots like. I don't know if you agree, but to me, the offense looked more what I you know, have come to expect from a Patriots offense than what I saw out of Tampa Bay for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, and and I don't think we can go without mentioning the the Buccaneers' offensive line. I mean, they were great, not just in this game, but the whole playoffs, keeping Brady clean. Obviously, the running game, we talked about Fournette, but, you know, it really goes back to the line play, and and they were really solid. I think in going into the year, they they probably had some question marks there, but uh, they really really came together uh, again and just uh, put it all together at the end, and they were really, really yeah, strong. Yeah, they seem to have really hit the strong. jackpot with Worfs. He had a tremendous rookie year. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Their center, Jensen, outside of having some issues uh, in the shotgun snapping the ball, he, he's a really good player too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do agree with you there. They uh, Brady was well-protected, and, and Brady gets the ball out of his hands. And you know, one of the great things about Brady is he's always going to put his team um, in the right play. So, and he knows where he wants to go. But you could see last night where he was getting to his second and third read, which, you know, like you said, that's a tribute to the line. So, yeah, it was an all-around team effort. They, they top to bottom, that team just outperformed Kansas City. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. It was, a, it was a really pretty dominant performance. It was. I think that's an that's a appropriate word is, is domination. So, um, let's, let's talk about, and, and this is going to be talked about, I'm sure, for a while up uh, up in the talk shows up up north and all but uh bill belichick and robert Kraft, uh their thoughts right now what do you big time regrets you think they're having or or just belichick doesn't give a yeah. give a hoot or or what what do you think's going on in their minds right now i don't think uh belichick spends too much time in the land of regret i i think that belichick is uh worried about what he has to do to get that team back uh, to the level it's used to competing at. I don't, I don't think Belichick is losing a whole lot of sleep over it, to be honest. I'm sure uh, Kraft is probably a different story just because I think the relationship between Kraft and Brady was a lot different than it was between Belichick and Brady for all of their success and all the time they spent together. The Brady Belichick relationship was an employer employee relationship, coach player, nothing more. Um, the craft Brady relationship was much more than that. It's father son type relationship. So in Kraft's heart of hearts, is he, does he probably regret uh, Brady not finishing his career in New England? I'm sure he does, but the decision was out of his hands at that point. Um, I, I don't think Belichick has those same, those same feelings. Belichick, I, I think is, more focused on, you know, we're on to the first preseason game or we're on to the combine than he is worried about what Brady did last night. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, you think about, I mean, he had, he had, which has shown just this year, obviously, because he won a Super Bowl. He had a Super Bowl winning quarterback on his roster and he let him go. So obviously, the big question in the offseason is, uh, a quarterback and he had one in uh, you know, I know his, his train of thought is that he wanted to move on and that uh, you know, Brady wasn't going to continue uh, at the level that, that he wanted him to be at. But, you know, to think that he was on the roster or he could possibly extend them or give him a contract or give him what he wanted and he let him go. And now they're scrambling to find a quarterback it's just it uh it's a little frustrating probably for the fan base yeah i mean but here's where i land with that agreed that he had a franchise quarterback but he didn't have a franchise i mean excuse me he had a uh, super bowl winning quarterback 
But he didn't have a Super Bowl roster around that quarterback, which is why they got bounced in the first round by Tennessee a year ago, and the roster wasn't any better. So Brady won the Super Bowl with a roster that was ready to win. Regardless, you know, I would go back and ask people this question. If Brady is on the Patriots this year instead of Newton, what, what are the Patriots accomplishing? They're not getting to the Super Bowl. They're, they're maybe getting to the playoffs. Right. They're maybe winning nine or ten games instead of seven. No one's going to be able to elevate the skill position players that they had this year. Um, so <clears throat> I think that plays into it. I really do. I, I think and, – and Belichick did want to get out from under him. There's no question about it. I mean, he's been you know greasing the skids on that for years. But he's also probably looking at it and saying – Look, we don't we don't have a championship roster anymore. Um, so, and I'm talking from Brady's perspective now, and I think that was part of the reason he left. I mean, you can talk about the relationship with him and Belichick, but ultimately his relationship with Kraft, I think, would have won out there. But I think Brady did a cold hard assessment of what the Patriots had to offer from strictly a football standpoint, and compared it to what Tampa had to offer. And Tampa had a better offer. And Tampa, uh, Brady's trying to cement his legacy as the winningest, you know, player in sports team, American team sports, outside of maybe Bill Russell. And I just, I think at the end of the day, he made a business decision that Tampa was going to give him a better opportunity to continue winning Super Bowls than the Patriots were in the near term. And he's proven to be right. Yeah, I mean, no doubt he made the right decision at the end of the day. So does this do you think put more pressure on Belichick and Kraft or even does this make Kraft uh, go to Belichick and say, listen, I want you to spend this cap money this year. I want us to be aggressive. Do you think it puts extra pressure on them? This I don't think it, I don't think Kraft will give Belichick any ultimatum. I think if he would have ever given Belichick a true ultimatum, he would have, stepped in to make sure Brady finished his career with New England. Uh, years ago, he would have done that. People say, oh, you know, maybe that was part of the Garoppolo trade. I, I don't really know uh, one way or the other on that. But Kraft owns a team. If Kraft, if he was not going to give Belichick ultimate authority, Brady's still here probably in some form or fashion. So, no, I don't think Kraft, because Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa, is going to give Belichick some directive on how to run the franchise. And I, don't, I think if he did, I think Belichick would maybe think it's time to go. So now Belichick, I, I don't think he feels pressure from the outside world at all, from the media. I, I, don't, I don't buy into that. Belichick cares about one thing, and it's, it's trying to win games and trying to build the best roster he can. He's going to do it the way he thinks he should do it. Whether it works or not, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but that's, but Hilly, that's the thing. I mean, the way that he goes about it, the, his, you know, being short with the media, being just an asshole, that's great when you're 12 and four, when you're winning Super Bowls. But when you're seven and nine and you're eight and eight and you're seven and nine, that gets old. I mean, the, the fan base, the players, this, you know, they're not, they're not buying that when, when you're not going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, this Belichick just, you know, just being an asshole and just being, you know, answering, giving stupid answers to the media. I mean, again, when you go into the Super Bowl, people will accept that. But when you're eight and eight, I just don't think that's going to fly. And it's just, and if that's, if he's, 
if he's going to continue to, you know, proceed that way, I just, I think it's, I think the fan base, I think it's just going to, uh, it's just going to be a rough goal of it if there's two or three years of, uh, you know, media. Yeah, I, I mean, a couple of things I would say to that is, A, I, I don't think it matters because he's going to do what he's going to do. And the fan base doesn't have any bearing on it. He He's not concerned with it. And he's never going to be concerned with it. He's going to owe. But Kraft is. But don't you think No, Kraft because is? I don't think the bottom line is going to be hurt. What, are people not going to watch? Are people not going to go to the stadium? What what is there like? What what kind of what kind of true um, financial or reputation hit is are the Patriots going to take because Belichick gives short answers in the press conference? I don't see the correlation. And if people, after twenty years of sustained success, if people are gonna, you know, fl- flee in droves away from that team over two or three years of a rebuild. I don't know what to tell you. You had 20 years where your team was competing for a championship year in and year out. It's not a birthright. Like, they're going to have to rebuild at some point. It was going to end. It was always going to end. And it ended. So now you rebuild. And you should. I think that people should trust the guy who put six championship teams together. I just, I just think there should be more trust. In I don't know. I think you know as much as I do that they're, it's, they're impatient up there and I just don't Belichick didn't have a plan this year I think that's what at least you want to see is some type of plan plan for a quarterback and okay if they're they're going to be in rebuild okay let's see you know what the rebuild is and and there's promise the next couple years and I guess we'll see with this draft and this offseason if there is a plan and I think that would you know, make me feel better. Well, but maybe the plan again. The I plan... just, I think I'm, I'm more negative. I, I think, I think two or three years of mediocrity. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to be thankful for the 20 years, but I think the fans won't show up and I don't think. Oh, I, I don't think people are walking away from this team over two or three, like eight, eight seasons. That would surprise me. And maybe he did have a plan. Maybe his plan once, Brady left and he knew that door was closed and then all the opt-outs happened and their cap space, their, their cap situation was a mess. That could have been the plan. Like, we're just going to take the hit. Let's see what he does this off season. True. You know, that that could be the plan. You're resetting. He said it multiple times during the season. They're paying for past sins. Now, whether that's fully, uh, genuine. I mean, they did. They did have a lot of draft misses. So if you have cheap talent and you draft well, you know your cap situation would be in a lot better shape than it is. They're constantly having to chase free agents because they haven't drafted well. So that's a fair criticism. But I, I don't think he's aimlessly going through this just to figure it out. Like I think he has a plan of what he wants to do, and maybe the plan wasn't to be very good this year. Maybe they're better than he thought he was going to be. Uh, maybe they, maybe the plan was we're going to end up we'll we'll do as well as we can do and I'll coach them as hard as we can. But if we finish four and twelve, I'm okay with that. So I, I don't. I think this off season will be a much better uh, kind of illustration of of the direction that they're going in. But I, you know, I, I don't think all of a sudden he's going to completely flip the way he's done business for twenty years because they had a seven and nine season. Certainly, certainly going to be a, an important off season, and 
looking forward to uh, looking forward to the move. So, so the Bucks play at New England next year. Tell me what the that oh. week leading up to uh, the game's gonna be, and what type of questions Belichick's gonna be fielding, and what questions if any he's gonna be a turn on Brady. Whoa. I could just I can see it now. The uh, early in the season maybe the Patriots are two and four and the Bucks are four and two and Belichick's getting questions about Brady. The easiest <laughs> answer that I can give you on that is the part you asked about Belichick answering the questions. He's not gonna answer any of them. He's 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 uh-huh. walking away from that question. He's just gonna say we're concentrating on the entire team. They're a really good team. He'll throw out some platitudes about Brady because he doesn't have any choice. But yeah, that's gonna be an incredibly interesting <laughs> week, and uh, I would love to be at at, uh, at the stadium for that game because that is gonna be electric. Now, if the Patriots get you know railed by forty points, a little less so. But you know, let's see, let's see where we're at after the draft and after free agency, and who knows? That'll I would assume that will be a prime time game. So I, I am looking forward. To yeah, I, I was thinking about thinking about that today. Where where is uh, Goodell and the uh, TV folks going to place that game? You know, pro- maybe probably earlier in the year. I think is it going to be a prime time Sunday night yeah. uh, game? But that'll be interesting. Come uh, the schedule reveal night there to see where they. That's got to be an NBC game. I don't think there's any question that they're going to want that game on primetime Sunday night, probably early in the season, you know, when the weather's still decent. Um, That would Mm -hmm. be – that's going to be a lot of fun. That is going to be a lot of fun. Did did you read any of the, uh, you know, the Boston Scribes today or or get on EEI or – NBC Sports Boston to check out any of the uh, any of the reactions up there. I saw a little bit. Uh, I didn't have time to dive into it too much. I think, you know, people are. It's again. It's it's pretty easy to call out what the Patriots did now as this colossal mistake because the guy that Belichick, you know, quote unquote, didn't want went out and won another Super Bowl. I just, I don't know. I think it's a little more nuanced than that. Ultimately. He didn't want him anymore. He he was he's trying like we talked about last week. He's trying to get out ahead of the curve, and he didn't want him to decline on his watch. So it does fall on Belichick ultimately, um, and everyone's kind of crowing about that. I think to your point, because of the way Belichick treats the media and his you know general disdain for uh, anything that's not like special teams related in those press conferences. Um, he doesn't get any benefit of the doubt with any of the media, right? So. <laughs> They are looking to pounce now that Brady won another Super Bowl. So uh, it, it's it's the reaction that I saw is what I expected the reaction to be. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know the you know the Boston media just they just loved this. I mean, this they couldn't be happier that that Brady Brady won and this you know yeah. whole off season to build up to next year and uh, you know even they enjoy covering the Patriots like this i think as opposed to them winning super bowls just that's just how they are up there and they're just they just love this there's an undercurrent of uh you know happiness around uh what has befallen the patriots i don't think for everybody i think you know some people there's a lot of good folks up there that just call it down the middle i think curran does a pretty good job calling it down the middle Mm -hmm. curran was a guy that again he was feeling pretty good about his position because he was pretty steadfast about brady um you know, being valuable and 
we should move on from him. And I saw Felger, and Felger was all about getting rid of Brady, but now he is saying, hey, Brady, Belichick did the wrong thing getting rid of Brady. And, and Felger even admitted, he even said, like, I was one of the people that thought we should get rid of him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that's just how it is. There's, a, there's always something to talk about. I mean, from, from the media standpoint, it's a pretty great story. You're gonna, you're not gonna have any problem filling the airwaves over the next uh, few weeks uh, up there with with this. So, hey, I just wanna, I just wanna confirm for all the listeners out there that that was not you running on the field last night, was it? Can you just please confirm that? For no, me? I, I would, I wouldn't, I don't have that kind of straight, uh, straight ahead speed anymore. I, uh, I don't think I would have made it past the thirty-five yard line. I will say though that probably my favorite part of the game was the Kevin Harlan call on that run. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Tremendous job by Kevin Harlan. He is an, an incredible <laughs> announcer. He does he does some hilarious stuff with that kind of stuff. And he he outdid himself last night. That was that was great yeah, work. Yeah, that him. was that was definitely a top highlight uh, yeah. of the night. Uh, absolutely, yeah. If I if anyone hasn't heard that yet, definitely get on on YouTube and and search that because uh, that was that was tremendous, tremendous stuff. Uh, hey, any any other thoughts on on uh, Belichick, Kraft, or or on the game last night? No, I just I think I think it's really like I said I I don't think it's going to have any direct impact to what the Patriots you know plan to do. I think uh, I'm sure Kraft there's a, a you know some sadness there that he's still not you know playing for his team, but him and Brady seem to have a really great relationship still. And Brady had a lot of nice things to say about Belichick during the week. I don't think there's any sort of vitriol between any of them. And hey, you know you you. Uh, you make constant transactions in that business and some of them you're going to get right. And some of them you're not. And that's just it. And, you know, I just go back to, Hey, good for Brady. You know, he did what he needed to do and can't really, can't really argue with his place in history at this point. It's pretty much him and Jordan. Uh, you know, there's really no, there's no goat discussion within the NFL anymore. He's kind of obliterated that. Now you're just talking about him and Jordan as the best team athletes and, American sports history, at least over the last, you know, 60 years. Yeah, it's just, it's just a unbelievable accomplishment. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for Gronk and, uh, you know, just, uh, just, you know, the goat, you know, if there was a word uh, above goat, I think he would be it, but uh, definitely uh, just a great, uh, great seventh title. And, uh, you know, I was I was rooting them on last night as well. So there was a, some couple of quick news points there. Looks like, uh, you know, we touched a little bit on Wentz last week, but looks like from what they're reporting that it's almost a certainty that he's going to get traded. So I don't know if that uh, gets you excited that maybe uh, no, maybe the Patriots might be in on that or not. Are you no. are you in on Wentz or no? No, no, not at all. Uh, his contract is really onerous and yeah I heard something today it might have been on get up and I think they made a really good point the Eagles are trying to treat Wentz like he's the Stafford part of the Stafford and golf trade when really he's the golf part of the Stafford and golf trade meaning they may have to give up assets to get off that contract but they are wanting to get you know first round picks back like what the Rams got for, uh, excuse me, what the Lions got for Stafford. 
part of the reason the Lions got that is because they took Goff's contract off the Lions' hands, uh, off the Rams' hands, excuse me. So I, I am not excited about that one. You know, one constant you heard out of Philadelphia is he does not take hard coaching well. I don't see that being a fit. And his contract is his, – his numbers are super high over the next three years, $25.5 I think. Uh, so, no, I, I hope the Patriots stay far, far away from a deal there. Yeah, yeah. So um, so now that the season's over and, and the offseason has begun, begun there'll certainly be certainly going to be a lot of uh, activity at the quarterback position. So uh, we might have to, to hop on the, uh, the podcast here occasionally to get some instant reaction. So we'll certainly look for that uh, in the weeks and the months ahead. Um, all right, man. Thanks again for coming on. That was good stuff as usual. Uh, one, one thing before we go, I know we, we talk right, Patriots, right. but I just, I just want to bring this up. It's pretty nebulous, but I'm just going to bring it up. There's a report today that the Celtics are quote unquote up to something. All right. <laughs> I don't know what they're up to. The uh-huh. report didn't know what they're up to, but they're up to something. So, Hey, hey, I think you need to stay off of the, stay off of the dark web, uh, Celtic <laughs> website here. I don't, I don't know up to something. What does that I mean? am just clutching right, well, for Celtic that, news, Case. I need them to use that when trade that, exception. When that, something, when that something comes up, I'm, I'm calling you immediately. So be Just ready. wanted to throw it out there. All right, man. Hey, just so you know, you're, you've already become a fan favorite on the podcast. So listeners are, are enjoying your take. So appreciate I appreciate uh, all you've given here to the podcast thus far. Thank you for having me on, my friend. It was a pleasure, as always, and I look forward to uh, doing this again soon. All right. Hey, I'm going to keep feeding you the rock, just like a running back on a rookie contract, buddy. I will hopefully (laughs) be able to cross the goal line better than the nude runner in the Super Bowl last night for you. I'll do my best to make it over the goal line. Excellent, man. You're awesome. I'll talk to you Sounds good, Case. All right. right. Bye. Okay, thank you, Hilly. I think we could uh, talk to Hilly all day, pick his brain uh, for all that sports knowledge, but I think he had to get going. I think he had to uh, record a segment for the Dan Patrick show. That's how big he's become already. After one show, he's, uh, he's blowing up. So thanks again to Hilly. We'll talk to you soon. So let's wrap it up here on this episode of Patriots Unpacked. Uh, it's great talking, talking uh, Brady and the Super Bowl. I think what we'll do is we'll get back on in a couple of weeks. Hopefully there'll be a little bit of uh, off-season Patriots news, uh, maybe quarterback news, and we'll touch on that. We'll touch on some other NFL news that might come about. If something big happens, something big breaking news with the Patriots, maybe trade for a quarterback. We'll get on the podcast and do uh, some emergency uh analysis at that time so again thanks for listening to patriots unpacked uh give a listen also to mugs's new podcast shamrock talk until then be well be good